0: Very good evening for this Tuesday night, wherever you're tuning in, time for episode 14 of the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. Andrew, what's with you here? As always, joined by my trusty co-pilots, Maxi Tanks. Good evening. Yes, uh, good evening. I'm glad we got the episode right this time, actually. We (laughs) did. And Brooke Richardson, uh, how are you, mate? Well, thank you. Now, I took the reins today. I took the reins with the questions, the topics... So you can blame me. So to open it up, if uh, Brooke, they were to write your autobiography, or you're writing your autobiography yourself, obviously, um, what would you? What would the title be?
1: Um, look, I recently just discovered that I'm pretty honest when I down a mojito or two, so it'd have to be something like, "Hello, Mojito. It's Brooke Cooling."
2: <laughs> Maxie. Love mojitos, eh? Oh, they're
1: good. <laughs> Mate, the
0: trees will come out. <laughs> so, right, I'll just get this straight for the end of the year party that Max is shouting. We're going for we're going for a three course meal, and we're going to wash it down with mojitos. <laughs> we might not have a podcast
1: after we might pissing
2: on each other. We'll have to uh, pay for it for that crypto that you've been trading. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's, it's
0: gone a bit pear shaped. It's worse than my punting.
2: <laughs> I struggled in my autobiography. Um, I've. Recently watched the Simpsons episode where Homer changed his name to Max Power again. So I'm just going to say Max Power. <laughs> well, I'm calling mine Buckle Up. Buckle Up. Mm. Oh,
0: yeah. If,
2: if you want to know why, read the book. <laughs> yeah, read the book. It's uh,
0: published by Penguin and you can get it from Barker's News. Righto, we got uh, racing over the weekend. We'll go to Mount Isa first of all. And it was uh, a treble to Jason mavarabich uh, riding winners for Justin Borden, uh, Kerry Crowe, and even one for himself for good measure. But let's go through the winners, starting with King Landon for Stephen Royce and uh, Hoops. Jason Hooper, big winner over Almighty Gold and Dixie Rouge, Max.
2: Yeah, it looks to be a good um, a good form race as well. It wouldn't be a man Isa meeting without Hoops and uh, Royce teaming up for a winner at the moment, is it? They've uh, certainly formed a lethal combination.
0: In race two, it was a zero to fifty-five, and arcing hard. Uh, new acquisition this year for Justin Borden, big winner, four and three-quarter lengths uh, over Dan Husfin, and come alive a drama with that name every single I was week. Say, I think
2: it's different every time.
0: <laughs> First of a winning treble to Barra um, Brookie Jason. He was um, well. He was Central West was his home for many many years, and uh, a very good jockey. Yeah, I think so. I think he's um, one
1: of them fellows. He's came and he's been and gone and come back again and, and all those sorts of things but he's never lost his ability i think he's got um you know he's a good judge of a horse and he gives it 110 percent every time it's good to see him getting some winners
0: race three on the card a relatively newcomer to the kerry crow stable beat my dragon by drumbeats his four-year-old bay having his third start in the northwest was too good uh, in the maiden over crazy suspect by half a length and war review into third but beat my dragon um, another pretty good winner there for Kerry Crow good to see him back with a winner crowey
2: yeah absolutely i mean um, it's been knocking on the door hasn't it the last couple of starts uh, just looking to break that maiden might go on a couple of bees uh,
0: into the fourth and safty was the third leg of Barras treble this one trained by Jason over try runner muck and craigly altona one of the great initiatives uh, by Racing Queensland, Brooke, was to allow country participants to train and ride their own horse.
1: Yeah, I think it's a fantastic idea. I mean, um, oh, there is a bit of a shortage out here. And I know people like David Rewald. he knows himself, when you've got a big team, it's hard to get them ridden, let alone find a jockey when you've got double ups in a field, so um, it, yeah, it's a really good initiative and it, it works well.
0: And uh, over to the last, and George tipping, the run continues, Maxie, this time with Cato. Uh, undefeated uh, up there in the northwest, out of two starts. Looks to be another one with a little bit of upside for George and uh, Rick McMahon riding his standard at least one winner per meeting. Over Cacto Blastus for Mel Beery and Jason Barbarowicz and Nitro City wound up in third, but Cato, uh, too good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Bringing up that um, northern sort of uh, western New South Wales form there. Uh on pace runner which is ideally what you want up there and um up in Mount Isa isn't it um way too strong
0: anything that uh, caught your eye there at the Isa
2: no but i do want to uh, obviously congratulate Barry with Safty i think he's a horse that he, he's always been unlucky running into decent horses in open company i mean he's always filling those places up there he, he um even qualified for a um what was a battle of the bush or a stampede yeah a stampede and uh went down for went down for that one but he's um Yeah, I mean, he's he's always knocking on the door. It's good to see him get a win.
0: Down to Aramac for their first meeting since 2019. And, Max, fantastic to see one of the real icons in country racing, John Dollinger, who sadly passed in 2019, uh, honoured. He was the caller that didn't use binoculars. He was the voice of the West for so many years. And uh, a really nice touch there on Saturday
2: yeah absolutely i mean the the unveiling of his plaque uh, just near the um finishing post there um in the in the um crowd sort of enclosure bit and then obviously the unveiling of uh the uh, red crayon statue it was um going to be put there at the uh, beginning of the driveway and the council are also renaming it the uh john Dondra drive so that's a a great um, touching, a great touch to obviously acknowledge just how much work he put into that Aramac Race Club.
0: And I remember doing a tribute to John um, after his passing, and and doing a ring around to to a lot of people, and they all had the the same first impressions of John, seeing him way up in a tower you know, calling these races without binoculars. And anyone that's called a race knows how hard it is to do it with binoculars. (laughs) And, um, you know, he he just made the comment, well, it doesn't matter what happens down the back straight as long as you get it right when they go past the post. And uh, probably pretty good uh, words of advice there. Oh,
2: absolutely. And I I think you can always sort of acknowledge how, how someone's going to be remembered with the legacy they leave. And the way everyone, you know, the week after his funeral dropped the binoculars for the last race of the day even josh fleming down there in southeast queensland he made a point of announcing that he was dropping the binoculars for 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 old john i think that sort of really um hit home just you know how how much of an impact he had out here in the west
0: Let's look at the racing and it started with the B&A Woods Open Handicap over the flying thousand metres and uh, off a good first up third, Media Vita was in the winner's circle for Todd Austin and Alicia Ross, that was the first leg of a winning double for that combination, over Angels of Fenway and Boingo but uh, you've described him Brook as a real gentleman, that's Media Vita and uh, he's in for a really good preparation.
1: Yeah 100% he's a really kind natured horse he's a pleasure to be around or do anything with and um, just off his last run there at Longreach and then backing up off his track work you know I'd spoken to Todd and said that I think he's cherry ripe and um, it'll be very very hard to beat at Aramac you know I was quietly confident that he'd win the race and um, yeah he got the bickies and he he proved me right so (laughs) that's always a good sign when you're could have a bit of confidence knowing you're a good judge, but... You're a good um, judge, Brookie, we know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think you're going to see more from this horse. He's um, he's just got it all together. He's He's got the right brain for racing and he's got the ability in his legs. So, yeah, he he should um, continue to win a few more for the stable.
2: Yeah, Alicia did acknowledge um, obviously that he's, he's he's like your pet um, after the race, and said just how much work you put into him. So <laughs> you you got the, um, you got the credit for that win there. But Angel of Fenway was a huge run up in class as well. It was it was right there for a long way um, on pace, and um, yeah, it was a huge run up in class.
0: Over to race two, and I think this might be a good form race for that 50-55 55. Uh, region, with done it again. Uh, Ross Meek and Ben Moffat combining to beat Boom Fire for Shane Iverson and Ross Tilly. And Reconis, uh been off the season, off the scene for quite some time now. I remember it winning its maiden here uh, at Longreach, and Clayton Shoemaker had the ride. We went past the post shoe; was sort of half standing up in the eyes. He couldn't believe what just happened. It come from last, and it did all the work. And I know it's a horse that's got a bit of ability, so great to see
2: Reconus back. I still remember that day as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's I mean, a
1: hard horse, so <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: it's good to see her in the placings. Otherwise, you, <laughs> you probably wouldn't want to put up with her.
2: I actually remember when she was at um, Mark's stable for a while. She is a little bit of a cow, isn't she? Um,
1: yeah, she's uh, very um, boisterous. She knows what she wants. She's a real mare.
2: <laughs> she's going to take a lot of improvement out of that run as well, I think. Um, might be able to nag uh, nag one now that she's um, matured a little bit, but done it again. Gee whiz. Benny Moffat sort of... Made a move halfway through the race to put it into the put it into the um, position where it could strike. And once they come around that bend, got in the good part of the track, it was over.
0: Race three, the cutest maiden. The cutest maiden. Money went off with Tan Din, a newcomer for David Rewald, Big winner over So Impressive for Tony Schofield and Alicia Ross. A massive whisper for Cheryl Rogers. Back in the saddle too, Cheryl. Great to see winding up in third, but uh, he has a knack, Brookie of buying the right horses, David Rewalton, here's another one.
1: He just does it. Someone had mentioned it to me over the weekend. I just had to say, well, that's David. I don't think he doesn't have many bad ones, really, if you go back and look at it, and he, he's got the knack for getting them, you know, bringing them out here, and it's different conditions and different racing and stuff, and it doesn't seem to worry them. He just has them right and ready and, yeah, proven once again.
0: Race four was the John Dollinger Memorial Outback Racing Showcase heat over the 1,400 metres and sizzling... Continues on its winning way, albeit by a narrow margin this time. Trained by Todd Austin and ridden by Alicia Ross. Three quarters of a length over. I want to be a Jeep who made it work for Henry Foster and uh, Morgan Butler. Great to see him out here in the Western Jarhead. Eight lengths away back in third maxi, but sizzling. Can anything stop the train?
2: Yeah, look, I I thought Morgan Butler was actually going to steal this on I Want to Be a Jeep. He he grabbed the lead and then was able to get a break as they were coming around the bend. And Sizzolating was sort of trying to follow uh, Zillator in the race. And you could see all of a sudden Zillator started stopping and Alicia ran into some heels and had to come out wider again. In the end, she got in the best part of the track. I Want to Be a Jeep was still going sort of up and down on that heavy part uh, towards the rail. But, um, you know, horses that want to win, you can't really stop them once they get going. It pinned the ears back and... um, at least she did say she was panicking a little bit, but um, was able to score by three quarters of a length.
0: And an absolute rib tickler to finish the day, and that was the zero to fifty-five over the fourteen hundred metres. And it was an absolute ding donger between Amadeo and Grey Falcon, with Amadeo for Jeff Rafter and Johnny Rudd getting the bob over Grey Falcon for Rodney Little and Emma Bell, who's just come of age this preparation and pitchy pitchy, a much improved run for. Um, Todd Austin and Alicia Roche in third. But Amadeo Brooke, um, Jeffrey picked up this horse in October 17 and won a Diggers Cup at Longreach. And he's just had he's had a lot of fun with this horse, Brooke. And uh, Jeff's sort of a boutique trainer, just the one or two in work all the time. But great to see him get a winner.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic to see the old horse pop his head up again. You know, <laughs> he's probably not the most consistent horse to come across, but... You know, when he wants to give it a go, he gives it a hundred and ten percent. But um, yeah, it's really nice to see him get a winner. To be nice if the old boy would dig deep every time.
2: <laughs> I know. Um, obviously Johnny's ridden his horse a few times, and this was another situation where he had to make a move early, and he let him go out three and four wide for most of the race, and. Yeah, he got into that better part of the track and Grey Falcon came along with that heavy part there. But Pitchy Pitchy sort of really snuck up in between them and almost stole it. It was a mm. huge run compared to its uh, first up run for the stable on the tab day. Don't remind me of that. Yeah, I think
1: Pitchy Pitchy <laughs> is a bit a bit fitter now. If you go back through his um, previous form before Todd, it's not, it's not too bad. He's quite a nice horse. So it'd be interesting to see if um, now he's adjusted a bit to the bush life, if he'll um, yeah keep getting better.
0: Time for today's topic. Now, out here in the West, obviously horses, owners, trainers, jockeys, um, there's always a story of how, how they've got here, especially the horses because a lot of them come from city stables or provincial stables or they've got quirks or they might have been bred in the bush even, Maxi. but uh, a lot of them do have a story.
2: Oh, absolutely. And um, the top five that you've elected to go with this week is uh, top five, horses or you know stories around horses or that um i suppose uh, revolve around the bush i guess Uh, Mm. what made you think of this topic i suppose
0: well it's it's one that i've been trying to put into words for a while because because of the fact that you know when when i go through my list it'll probably be a little bit more clearer but um yeah, I, I always like, especially when I do, do sports shows or any do interviews, you like finding out the stories behind how people get horses. And there's often there's often a, there's often a few little secrets that get unveiled. So I'll got, jump in first. And my first horse is reigning to win. Okay, so he won a group one in May 06 as a $2.70 favorite. He went on to win a Listed in a group race in 07. Went from John O'Shea to Tracy Bartley to the Mulholland camp and then through the Inglebrits to Wes Irwin who paid $1,000 for this Galloper in September 2011. Uh, he raced him through to March 2015. 138 starts for 19 wins and 16 placings. I think he won a Caulfield car. He won everywhere. Um, Brookie, I think that's when you were just coming back out uh, from the city.
1: Yeah, I, I do know. I do remember the horse. Um, once, you've said it, once you've said its name, yeah. Okay. It would have been around about that time.
0: Uh, number four is a horse that uh, I ended up, in the ownership of Dutch Courage. Now, she, I don't know if it's famously or infamously, infamous, <laughs> nearly ended Michelle Payne's career. almost ended her life. <laughs> it almost ended her life. So she, after she won the Melbourne Cup, she had that um, re-corrective surgery on her shoulder, and then she was riding Dutch for Patty Payne, and, and she dumped her.
2: Burst of spleen. And... Yeah,
0: yeah. So And that was more or less the end of her riding career. Another horse, number three, that I was involved in the ownership of, uh, it was a horse that was about to be loaded at Kembla Grange. was going around favourite for Jason Coyle and fled. Fled the, uh, fled the <laughs> racetrack. I forgot about this one. <laughs> and uh, had to get chased down by a helicopter and they got on the highway. Obviously, a late scratching. Uh, Ari Gold. So, he went from running fifth in the Canberra Cup, fourth in the Long Range Cup, but he won the Tower Hill Cup this year. And he was also the horse that got away. <laughs> the second one on my list is Fab's Cowboy. He started his career, we all know it. So November 15, he ran 9th of 11th, 4th of 11th, 7th of eight, failed to finish. And then he ran 6th of eight. and he ran a third at Roma before winning at Gladstone over El Dime. <laughs> it was his first win. Uh, Quade Crow rode him that day. And from those very mild beginnings, has ended up having 106 stars for 43 wins in twenty uh, three placings. So um, great story there. And I, I can't go past Lechef as the top one. December 14, he uh, won his first race at Ipswich. Then he ran the 3rd of January, won the Gold Coast, um, the lead up to the Magic Millions. Won the Magic Millions on the 10th of January, 15, uh, before being tra- transferred to uh, Jay Morris up there at Mount Isa in October. And obviously the Saunders family and the ownership there. He won at Cloncurry, won at Mount Isa, before finishing his career in October 19, running third to Galia Warrior. So uh, a great story that a Magic Millions winner can end up in the bush.
2: How about you, Brooke? What's your uh, top five?
1: Andrew's just made me look awfully bad. I'm like that kid at school that didn't do their homework. (laughs) 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 I really struggled with this topic, and I do think it's possibly, uh, like Andrew said, he's had experience from the owner's side of things. He's been in horses. He's had a lot to do with horses. I think... When you grow up, when you start riding so young and and you've moved around towns and and you've rode everywhere, sometimes you don't get the opportunity to get so close and personal. With the horses, you're riding so many different horses, you don't really know their story except for what you see on form, on paper, when you go to ride them. So I really, really struggled with this topic, but... I guess I can talk about the current horse that's in the spotlight at the moment, and that would have to be Sizzlating. Yes. I'm not sure what the full backstory is with him, um, but the old trainer and owners possibly may be kicking themselves. Um, He's come very close to winning a few races um, around the Toowoomba region um, and wasn't successful and then got sent out to Todd, and he's won eight in a row, so... That's pretty impressive and um, I'm sure when if he's going to continue his role and it's going to be a, a good story for years to come. Um, oh, but that was only the real standout for me. I've, I've rode plenty of horses that have had problems and then we've finally got a win, but we've never won another race, so I don't know if it's like a top <laughs> five. <laughs>
0: well, you did mention this afternoon Tuxedo Boy. Now, I know Penny Anderson. I saw him in action. I forgot to take a photo, actually. He was in action at the Longreach Show. He yes, looked a million dollars and he was a good horse for your uh, family.
1: Yeah, he had a couple wins around the uh, Jamie McConaughey stable in Rocky, and I believe before that he came from New South Wales or somewhere like that. Um, But yeah, he came to our stable and uh, he won a few decent races for my father, um, one of them being the Tree of Knowledge Cup, so that was just an awesome thrill for all of us. And now he's a pretty little show horse. It'll suit him down to the ground because he loves himself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very
0: pretty. Maxie, how about you?
2: Yeah, look, <clears throat> no particular order, and I was like, Brooke, I actually struggled a little bit here, but um,
1: Andrew oh. just wanted to make us look bad. <laughs> you, t- you can tell he
2: chose the topic this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, first one off the cab off thought straight away Savatoxel. I thought that's uh, oh, that's a great story. Obviously, broke his maiden um, at Alice Springs, was you know racing in a Darwin Cup recently. You know, recently before being transferred to the McAvoy stable, then comes out and wins um, the Goodwood. So. Um, Started off his career in the bush, ended up down in Adelaide and he's actually going up to Brisbane, I think, to contest the Kingston Smith this week. Yeah. Um I had Vabs Cowboy in there as well. Um Bush Caviar. He was a horse who, who was sort of like, you know, he, he was he wasn't fashionable down south east Queensland. Then he entered uh boy Foster's camp and um you know, he just he just went for him, didn't he? He, oh. he he won everything, he could get out to the fourteen hundred meters. He uh he was he was certainly a, a grand old warrior. Um I think it was eighty starts before he bled a second time, but um uh, he was, um, yeah, certainly a grand old campaigner. Um, I had playtime in there as well. Yeah, um,
1: oh, beautiful. You <laughs> thought you said you'd done bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and then, obviously, also Bolante. I, I remember. I still remember when Clary bought this horse, and everyone was sort of saying, "This is before the prices had sort of started to go through yeah. the roof."
0: He paid too much.
2: Everyone's like, "He's paid too much for this horse. It can't even win out here in Corfield." And you know, so. All of a sudden, he started putting it together. And I still remember at Isisford at the end of its prep, his first prep, and Clary said, I think he's finally got out for me with his purchase price. And then um, the next prep, um, the rest was history. And now he's heading down for the Battle of the Bush final.
0: Another great story, Argento Perlo. It is. Yeah, she got beaten out of sight in a trial and twenty lengths at a trial. Yeah, four thousand dollars probably. Three thousand. Three thousand. The the worst part of the story is I did get out of the ownership.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's when you had your dispersal, wasn't it? Everything was gone. Everything had to go (laughs) as a fire sale.
0: (laughs) Okay, now we see we've seen um, a lot of these once a year tracks really light up with huge crowd. I mean, Alpha sold out in the blink of an eye. They'll have three thousand there. I don't know if it's three thousand, but they'll have plenty there. Aramac, you know, Clon Curry, 800 people at a, at a race meeting. But, Maxi, one problem. 80% of the people that are there, probably even more, don't even watch a race go around. You know, they're there supporting the race club, but they're not really interested in the races. I mean, what is the direction to get young people back in the game, get them interested in the horse flesh? Because if you do look around, I mean... Youth's probably not on the side of a lot of our trainers and, and you know, maybe the jockeys as well. So we, we need an injection of, of new ownership, new new people that want to take take it in their stride.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I suppose speaking from a recent experience of heading down to Warrnambool for their carnival, that those three days, there was only one reason that everyone was there and, and that was a carnival where everything was centred about the racing. Everyone wanted to be there to watch the racing. Everyone wanted to be there to bet on the racing. There was... No sort of, uh, I suppose, talk about the sideshow and that sort of thing. It was all about that. And when you think about that you try and translate that into the to racing out here, it doesn't sort of have the same allure, does it? Like you don't have that sort of prestige around it where everything's, everyone's concentrated on the racing. And we see it with every sort of, I suppose, bigger race meet out here. We're, we're having to put all of our, supposed suppose, time and the clubs are investing all their money into trying to, I suppose, produce sideshows to bring people into mm. the races and then try and i suppose run that off to get people interested into the actual yep. races themselves um i know you know speaking of the longridge jockey club i thought a way we could have tried to get people interested in long, in longridge races again is tipping competition and i think it's had a bit of an effect i yep. know people are talking about lo- the races again they're interested in it we've had people talking about local jockeys that i never thought would have, heard, would have been talking about it because they're following the jockeys they're following the trainers so mm. I suppose it's just trying to find ways to try and pull that younger crowd into the races again. I don't know whether it's a, I suppose it's a generational gap, whether it's sort of changed off a bit, or whether it's something to even to do with something as simple as bookmakers having too high percentages on course. If you don't feel like you can beat a bookie, yeah. you're not going to go on course to book. It's that. Uh, That's uh, about to bet. It's that yeah. simple. It, it, it. There's definitely something that needs to be brought forward and I suppose all the clubs could work together or you could work with race in Queensland but there's got to be a way we can bring young people back to the to the, to the uh, courses
0: and Brooke I mean yourself you, you're born and, and bred into it type of thing and but that you, you don't see the people coming to the races anymore you know hanging as much hanging over the fence and interested in in that they're more interested in the party
1: yeah that's 100% and I've noticed that too even when I'm there just riding you know you see it'll be dead and there's not many people standing around and you can feel the you know the atmosphere is different and um as you see people start rocking in probably halfway through the day or even like the second last race and i've you know i don't mind every now and then after i finish riding if i've had an all right day i'll go to the bar and buy a beer and socialize and and all that sort of thing because it's a good atmosphere out here and it's enjoyable and you can do that and um You'll be talking to people and they were—they have no idea that you even rode a winner that day, that yep. you were riding that day. Um, that Oh, I only got here at race four. And I'm thinking, well, why did you even bother coming? But they go, <laughs> they go for the piss-up. Um, but, yeah, I think um, the tipping contest, I was actually going to say that, but Max had already brought it up. I think that's a fantastic idea. And, yeah, I don't know if there's a way... Um, even if you found some trainers that were really passionate about getting young people back into racing, if you could get a horse and, and really advertise it out here and and just sell the small percentages where you can have a lot of owners and they can own a small percentage and it doesn't cost them a, a great deal, but they can go to the races and experience that feeling of what it's like to own a horse without the high cost. Mm. Um, I know that's a really big thing at the moment. Um uh, in, around the city and stuff, some of the bigger trainers, you know, a lot of horses they're selling percentages for and they're getting a ton, you know, those syndication mobs, they're getting a ton of um, young people involved in racing and it's not too costly. It's it's enjoyable still because um, it's affordable.
0: Racing uh, this weekend, rookie? are uh, you heading to Tambo?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Uh, any leads on anything you'll be uh, riding? Keeping it under the handful oh, acceptances.
1: Uh, you should never ask a jockey these questions. <laughs> if you talk too much, you go to the stables the next day and you get you get a bloody get in trouble for talking too much. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yep. no, I've got i I've got a couple of rides lined up. Um I'm back on board seven year reward for Mel and Billy Johnson, nice so one, yeah. I'll be looking forward to that. I I do think he's a classy animal and that he has got the ability, um, to win some races out here in the West, so that's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, actually I uh, that sounds terrible because I have disco lights. Can't wait to step back on board him. Um, I think he's going really, really well. Uh, so yeah, a couple of nice ones there.
0: Thanks for your time tonight, mate. All the best at Tambo on Saturday, and we'll catch you again next Tuesday night.
1: All right. Thanks so much.
0: We'll go to a break and come back with tonight's guest. back with uh, the second half of tonight's podcast and uh mount isa on a saturday and it was the jason show. Uh, maxi rode three winners in a second uh in the five race card and and look we often talk about um the quality of jockeys up there in the northwest and to be quite honest mate i think they've got the strongest pool of uh riders anywhere in our country area
2: absolutely i mean they're all locally based um you, you've got a good spread in terms of heavyweight and lightweight jockeys uh you know, they're self sufficient, aren't they, compared to a lot of yep. other regions?
0: Jason Bavarovich uh, joins us on the line this evening. Mate, congratulations on a good Saturday.
3: Yeah, thanks, Watson. Yeah, it was a nice day out.
0: Mate, started with arcing hard, a um, newcomer for Justin Borden that uh, joined the camp uh, this year. I think that's his third win, Justin. Uh, he goes all right, this horse?
3: Yeah, mate, he does. Um, he's had three wins now, like over a thousand metres here at, at home. He's unbeaten. Um, he won his maiden by 12.5 sort of showed you that he had some sort of ability. I know it's only a maiden, and, and at the moment they're, they're pretty uh, weak maiden down here. But the horse to win by that far, you think he, he nearly has to go on with it. So I'm, I'm glad that he's um, produced another couple of wins and showed that he, he's going all right.
0: One of your... Great supporters up there in the northwest is Kerry Crow, and uh, great to ride another winner for Crowey. Uh, beat My Dragon, a uh, newcomer to the team. It's his second start in the area. Won by a half-length over Crazy Suspect, and it was a, a MIG margin back to war review, but Beat My Dragon, the second length of the treble barrow.
3: Yeah, mate, um, always good rider, winner for Crowey. He's been a great supporter of mine. We usually have a lot of luck together. We've had a bit of a slow start for the year this year, but um, hopefully now we've got the first one on the board. We can keep, keep going.
2: Then the, uh, your, the third leg of your treble uh, was Safdie, which you also train. Now, he's a very consistent horse. He's always there or thereabouts, and usually runs into one or two better, doesn't he? And um, I think it's great to see him get up and uh, reward you for win. Yeah, mate,
3: um, he's a super consistent horse. Like, last year, unfortunately, I kept running into Tango Rain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and running second and third to Tango Rain, which, you know, like, he's sort of your benchmark beaten in, in Mount Isa, actually, and um, Sassy done a great job last year to keep running second and thirdly. Um, had a little bit of a slow start to the year. They didn't sell so well, so they've come back to me in a little bit of a poor condition. It's taken me a while to get them up to the mark, but I think now, you know, like, um, we're pretty much on, on the money, so we should... But you now, if you it with my own
0: horse, it would be nice. And you nearly did it. You nearly got uh, four, but you rode second on uh, Cacto Blastus. Now that one's trained by your partner Mel. But Cacto Blastus, I know you've been, you like this galloper. Um, brought him down to Longreach, went okay, and he's been narrowly gone down a couple of times.
3: Yeah, mate, he's been a very good horse for Mel since we got him. He's only had the five starts before sex. So, you know, he's got his foot on the tilt. He's just um, seems to keep running into one a little bit better
2: than him. Now, you've been pretty well travelled uh, throughout your career. Uh, talk us through it. Obviously, you've, you've done stints in um, a few different regions. How how did you end up in Mount Isa? And uh, obviously, where's been, I suppose, the most rewarding region you've ridden in so far? Well,.
3: Um yeah, I did my apprenticeship in Brisbane and, um, you know, i done fairly well down there and, and from there, yeah, I sort of travelled around a bit. But about um, three years ago, I was I was down in Blackall with Charlie Crow and we were having a good run, but Charlie, unfortunately, got a little bit ill and was looking to scale back his horses to just a couple. So, you know what it's like, it's very hard to make a living if you, if you haven't got the horses behind you, so... Dan Ballard was actually president of Mount Isaad Jockey Club at that stage and he knew that I'd done quite a bit of work, you know, uh, preparing tracks and that, so he offered me the job to come here to Mount Isa to um, look after the track and be caretaker for the races, so, I thought it was a good opportunity, and um, we moved here, and it's been great ever
0: since. This weekend, uh, racing in the northwest west uh, goes to Cloncurry, mate. You'll be there?
3: Yeah, mate. Yeah, I've got a full book at Um Hopefully, we can meet a couple of winners. It'd be nice.
0: And we talk about clubs that are going ahead in leads and bounds, like Cloncurry. I don't know if you can notice from the jockey's room, but gee we they get some people there.
3: Mate, they're a very proactive club. Um, they've always you know, put on a good spread for their punters and, and the public, and... It's a, it's a nice surface. It's a good track to ride at. And, yeah, it's, I, I, I do enjoy going to the carry.
2: I definitely think it's probably one of the, the most true tracks, isn't it? I mean, like, you can you can really win from anywhere there, can't you?
3: Yeah, because it's, it's such a, a, a nice, firm surface, yeah, you can just about um, get away from, from, from anywhere from at
2: the Well,
0: Jason Barrow, Rich, congratulations on your travel there at Mount Isa on Saturday, and all the best uh, for this upcoming week. Battle of the Bush qualifier at uh, Cloncurry. Lovely, Watsi. thank you. Yeah, Jason Barabich there. And I don't want to say he's... You don't, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but often not spoken about as much as your McMahons and your Ballards and and that, but um, certainly a very, very good jockey in his own right.
2: Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think one might have mentioned this um, a couple of weeks ago that I think he was probably a victim of being one of the only lightweight jockeys up there for so long. And yeah. as a result, he probably... Um, he probably did get some of the i suppose the, the 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 worst rides i guess because he was he was the only one that could ride them um but now we've seen like you know the likes of hoops get up there as well the, the, yep. those maybe those rides are shared around a bit more and he's getting on the good cattle which is uh great to see
0: clon curry gladstone gundawindi mariba and tambo it's another big weekend of country racing maxi uh, anything for you
2: Oh uh, Yeah, we got one in at Tambo.
0: One in at Tambo. I'll be heading to the curry and we'll catch you all again next Tuesday night. We're signing out of the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast, episode 14. Have a great week.